With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Hey, 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 welcome everyone. <laughs> welcome everyone. This is a, uh, a, a 8, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and you're listening to me. You know what time it is. It's time for the master plan. I am JT, a.k.a. the master and the number to call in is 347. 637-3220. I say that again, a little slower for those that are need to me to do that. 347-637-3220 is the place to be. If you want to talk to me, JT, we got a loaded show today. First full week of games other than what happened on Thursday and I hope you benefited from what I had said about on th- players on Thursday especially the big player of the week so far and that was Kareem Hunt hope you hopefully you listened to me but we have a fine array of games today no no intentional rhyming there that I'm looking forward to in, in improving, or I should say improving, just building on the momentum I had we had on Thursday. Hopefully, you guys benefited from guys like Tyreek Hill, like Kareem Hunt, uh, and unfortunately, some big name players, or even Mike Gillisey, uh, some big name players like Gronk, Travis Kelsey. Tom Brady were disappointments and someone like Danny Amendola but I don't think it's going to last uh, even had over 100 yards and about 6 catches if not more but he went out as usual per, as typical Danny Amendola uh, within concussion protocol before the game was over so it is what it is but Thursday's past us. We're looking forward to today's games and including the two Monday night games. So we're going to go straight down the pipe and walk every game. Every game. I don't just pick certain players and, and talk about that. 
I pick every game. I talk about the players in that game. And I also try to talk about any kind of sleepers that may not be on people's radars right now, but could be in short uh, uh, in short uh, uh, time because of um, they may show up this week. And I, I'll give you my predictions. You know, I'm not 100% proof, but I like to think that I give you some good information before the main guys give you that information. That's what I try to pride myself on, giving you that stuff that a lot of people look at on these major channels, and I give it to you before they do. I, I, I pride myself on I've done that week, uh, uh, each and every year, and I hope to keep that tradition going this season. All right, let's get to the first game on the agenda here. Let's get to uh, the Arizona Cardinals going to visit the Detroit Lions. And every the talk during the summer, because this guy was showing out in the first two games, I think he didn't really do, do anything the third game, was Kenny Galladay. Uh, he was limited in practice because of his ankle and he's questionable play. But he's expected to suit up. Now, he's 6'3". He's a big guy, uh, big target, uh, got a ton, ton, ton of, of ability. But he's a rookie. Is he going to burst on the scene or is it going to be a gradual process? I think it's going to be a gradual process. Um, I, I, I think that uh, come push comes to shove that um, Marvin Jones, who's going to improve this year, um, and I think that he, he's probably going to be one of the main targets for uh, Matt, Matthew Stafford and, and his big contract, Matthew Stafford's contract. So I'm seeing Marvin Jones. Uh, I would put him in a flex. Wide receiver three, four. Um, he's going to get about 12 or 13 points, somewhere around there, maybe 14 points in PPR, somewhere around there. Same with uh, uh, Golden Tate. He's in that mid-team range. Um, so both these guys um, are going to be probably wide, wide receiver two, definitely a flex option, because I think this is going to be a relatively high-scoring game. It's going to be uh, what the – Detroit Lions like to do in their home stadium is throw the football. They they have a decent running game in Amir Abdullah, who's finally healthy, and hopefully he can stay that way. Um, he's going up against a tough um, Arizona defense that's number one against the run last year, uh, and uh, uh, Arizona's um, weakness was against the pass. That's why I'm thinking that it's going to be a passing game for Detroit uh, because their running game hasn't been all that for a few years now. But I think Amir Abdullah, because he, he's a multifaceted running back and they want to be able to be balanced in Detroit, is going to get about 50, 60 yards. I see him getting uh, 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 into the end zone and – also be involved in the, in the passing game, even though Theo Riddick is the passing um, running, uh, running back, and I would use Theo Riddick in a flex in, in this. Uh, and and, and, and uh, Amir Abdullah is, is also a flex, maybe a, even a running back too, a low-end low running back too, but definitely a flex. So both the running backs are, are viable in this. Um, I don't think 
Well, I wouldn't say that, that you had a, a, both of them, but um, I would be able to use b- both of these guys in the flex because I think they're going to be used in the passing game besides um, uh, a- a- Amir Abdullah running the football. And also, now I'm not expecting double digits, but I wouldn't be surprised because Anquan Bolden's not around, okay? He's gone. So, and and, and uh, Andrew, uh, excuse me, Matt Stafford loved to throw to um, Anquan Bolden in a clutch. Loved to throw to him because he was a safe throw because he was always played in the slot and he was always ready to throw to him. I'm thinking Eric Ebron, as long as he can stay healthy. A lot of people are down on Eric Ebron. He was about the 15th, 17th um, uh, 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 tight end in PPR last week. So I'm thinking that Eric Ebron, a huge target, it's going to be used in this game. Now, do I expect him to be a tight end one? No, I think he's a tight end two, to tell you the truth. I think he's definitely a tight end two. Middle of the, middle of the pack tight end two until he proves himself, until we'll see how it shakes out with uh, Matt Stafford and, 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 and the, uh, how they run the offense. On the other side, now you know I'm a big Carson Palmer fan. So, and, and in this, Detroit, is one of the worst teams against the pass. Um, uh, and I, like I said, I think this is a high-scoring game. And I, 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 uh, I love Carson Palmer in this game. I absolutely love him. I think he bounces back from debacle to be debacle of what happened last year. I know he's older. I know he's getting up there in age. And he's strictly a pocket quarterback. But the pass rush in Detroit is not all that. And he's got weapons to throw to. Plus, he's got that monster in the backfield, David Johnson. So Carson Palmer, if you don't have Jameis Winston, is a very good play for me. Uh, I see him throwing for over 250, a couple touchdowns. It's a no-brainer. I'm not even going to go at, to tell you to play David Johnson. That's, that is a no-brainer to me. PPR, uh, Larry Fitzgerald is a mainstay. Uh, you got to put him in there. I don't care if, if you've got a um, uh, uh, Julio Jones and uh, whatever, whoever, Mike Evans or somebody like that together. Uh, you got to find a way, to, uh, if you have a flex or two, to get Larry Fitzgerald in there because Carson Palmer, these old sages, Palmer and Fitzgerald, like to hook up early and often. And Larry knows how to get open. He may not have the speed. He never really had a lot of speed, but he may not have the speed that, as, he was, as he was younger, but he has experience, and he's going to be available for Carson Palmer to throw to. And also, this, as long as this kid is healthy, he is a force on the field, and when I say Carson Palmer is one of the deep ball throwers in the league, he likes throwing to John Brown. John Brown is another flex. Could be even a wide receiver, too, if you have points for big plays because John Brown's a big play player. He may not catch a lot of passes, but those yards accumulate with the speed and, and, and the uh, uh way that Bruce Arian offense operates with Carson Palmer throwing downfield to John Brown. So I like those guys. 
All right, let's move on to um, um, another another game. This should be a when I can't say it's going to be a shootout, but I think that the Matt Ryan throws for a touchdown in this game. I'll I'll tell you that. Um, He throws it to Mr. Julio Jones, which is a no-brainer to start. Okay, I'm not going to give you guys, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to gloss over him real quick. Let me put it that way, of guys that I think are no-brainers, like Julio. I don't have to give any cut stats. You play Julio. You play your studs. It's the first week. If they're healthy, you play them. Plain and simple. Don't have to even hesitate. Just play them. Now, another guy that I really like in here, this is going to probably be a sleeper and a surprise here. For a second-year player, um, I think that Matt Ryan is going to be thrown to this guy. And he's... And then double digits, he may not get double digits, but he'll get close to it. I think Austin Hooper, if you're missing Cameron Brait, if you're missing um, Julius Thomas because of those guys are on a bye because of, of uh, Hur- uh, Hurricane Irma, why not play Austin Hooper? Why not play Austin Hooper? I would. I have him in my lineup, and I, I'm going to put him in my lineup. Um, I have I have a dilemma here, and I'm leaning more to Austin Hooper than I to Eric Ebron. But to me, both of them are best plays. But Arizona is better against the tight end than Chicago is, so that's the only reason why I would play Austin Hooper, um, because I think I have a better chance to get more points. Even though I think Eric Ebron is going to be accumulating points, uh, some decent points in the tight end position. I have the luxury of having both those guys and I have to make a choice and I go with the weaker defense against the tight end, which is Chicago versus Arizona. I think I'm going to play Austin Hooper. That's how much I have confidence. I, what I, what I say on here, I don't just say to be saying, I do it myself. And when I come back and, and tell you if it worked out or it didn't anyway. Um, and also because the way they run their offense, defensive-minded coach um, who likes to be – I mean, he likes to use all his weapons, and especially running back, which is a conservative type of attitude, but he also has a big-time wide receiver, so he's got to use that in Julio. But how about using Tevin Coleman as an RB2, definitely a flex, and Devontae Freeman as a definite RB1 in this game? Definite, without a shadow of a doubt. On the other side, now I got some. I got some here for you. I got some here for you. To me, it's a no-brainer because I think he was a top fifteen pick, if I'm not mistaken, in average draft position. I think he was a top fifteen pick. And Jordan Howard, he showed what he could do last last uh, season, and I think it carries over this season with a different quarterback. It's not Jay Cutler. It's not uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky just yet. But, like I said, this is another defensive-minded coach uh, in um, John Fox who wants to run the football and um, limit the amount of mistakes that his quarterback can make throwing the football. So he's going to use Jordan Howard quite naturally. No-brainer for me to tell you to use him. 
No brainer. And um, I would tell you this. Sleeper alert, sleeper alert, sleeper alert. Kendall Wright may not be on a lot of people's uh, radar, but he's on my radar. Um, He's uh, uh, um, reunited with his offensive coordinator. And and, uh, he's been the most reliable target for Mike Glennon. And I think he's the one that gets into the end zone. He's the one that's going to get, uh, uh, even though Kevin White, who has a lot of potential, potential gets coaches fired, and he hasn't been proven yet. Now, in this game, it could be the coming out of Kevin White, but I have more confidence in Kendall Wright in this offense than anyone else besides Jordan Howard. That's just the bottom line. If he, for some reason, he shouldn't be sitting on your waiver wire, I know it's Kendall Wright. You're saying, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Kendall Wright, four or five catches, 60 to 70 yards, and a touchdown. That happens. I think that happens. And also, Atlanta is 29th, excuse me, 26th. Uh, last year in preventing fantasy points in the tight end position. Don't be surprised if Zach Miller or Adam Shaheen, um, just keep in mind that Adam Shaheen, this is going to be a, 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 a telltale, one of the telltale games early in the season, or whether Zach Miller is going to be the starting tight end or is it going to be Adam Shaheen who has a ton of ability, ton of ability. So I would, it would be a wait and see. On the, it, it made me want to grab one uh, Adam Shaheen, put him on the bottom of your waiver wire, and, and and just just see what happens. If you think you need another tight end, and you need something, there's no one sitting on the, on the uh, waiver wire for you, and uh, uh, you really want to get a, another tight end on your roster just in case. Adam Shaheen, that's a that's a name to think about. All right, let's move on to the. Next game, which would be the Baltimore division rivalry game. Uh, all parties are healthy. Ho- hopefully, all, all, most people, both of them are healthy, except for John Ross, who's questionable, was only able to have limited work on Thursday and Friday after missing Wednesday. Um, I don't think he's going to be doing too much if he plays because he's slight. He's a slight guy, and I think in order for him to be healthy, I mean, in order for him to be effective, he has to be totally healthy. And I don't think they're going to put him in harm's way unless he's totally healthy. So let's go on to the uh, uh, Baltimore side. I would would not recommend Joe Flacco playing in Cincinnati against the Cincinnati Bengals um, uh, defense. Um, I, I just couldn't do it. I know that Jameis is sitting there. And not playing, maybe, and maybe you, for some reason you put Jay Cutler as the starting quarterback, but you don't have him now. Uh, I don't think Joe Flacco is a good substitute here. I really don't. Um, I think you can get get better quality from other players from that position. Um, who, who I do like 
believe it or not, besides Jeremy Macklin, um, which, who I think is going to get about six or seven, six or seven touches, about sixty to seventy yards, um, and, and the and the guy they, they drafted, but it hasn't been healthy uh, uh, last year, and, but he hasn't been healthy, and they've been trying to get him healthy, and it, right now he's relatively healthy. I think he gets into the end zone, and he's got the speed to do it. And I, I'm not a big Mike Wallace fan, but I think uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens are going to be throwing the football. I really believe they're going to be throwing the football. Um, they're going to try because Cincinnati can score, and we'll get to Cincinnati in a minute. So um, Danny Woodhead being used in the uh, in PPR, not too much in standard, but PPR, he was he, he was like that in New England. He was like that in San Diego. What makes you think he's not going to be like that in Baltimore? So he's definitely a flex play, um, especially in PPR. Standard's a different story, um, but definitely in flex play, PPR, Danny Woodhead. It should be on your radar. Should be in your lineup if you have them. Jeremy Macklin, a wide receiver uh, three, um, maybe a wide receiver in the flex, something like that, Just, uh, right along with um, Brashar Perriman. I am not a big Mike Wallace fan. I never have been. He's a one-trick pony. I don't like one-trick pony wide receivers. And he could he could be all-world scoring over 100 yards and two touchdowns in one game, and the next game he gets two passes for 20 yards. That's just Mike Wallace. And, and I can't – I don't like that inconsistency. Um, and being a one-trick pony, you're limited in, in what, what you can produce from week to week. So the, the two wide receivers that I do like are Jeremy Macklin and Brashard Perriman. Now in any, I'm gonna give. Like, I'm going all these all these positions. Max Williams. He's got a lot of athleticism, but he stopped, He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and that's the problem. No more Dennis Pitta. Um, ben Watson is is old, 37 years old, and well, who's left? Max Williams. So just just think about that. If you're looking for speculative, speculative um, tight ends for whatever reason, I gave you two: Austin Hooper, one, and Max Williams, another. Just, just understand that that these guys are in a position, can be in a position, to give to to produce targets, equal opportunities. I've always said that. You've heard that from multiple people on multiple. Uh, um, um, media outlets targets equal opportunities. I've been saying that for years. Anyway, on the other side, Cincinnati Bengals. I love Andy Dalton in this situation. He's got all his pieces healthy. All of them. He's healthy. A.J. Green's healthy. Um, the only one that's not healthy uh, is uh, John Ross, and I don't think he's going to be doing much this game anyway with all the pieces they have. They have a three-headed monster in Cincinnati. Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, and Joe Mixon. Jeremy Hill is slated as the number one running back, the starting running back. Joe Mixon is third on the depth chart, number three running back. The big hype was about Joe Mixon. He hasn't 
reach that level of even being the backup, much less being the number one guy. Now, I said this maybe on several occasions. Maybe uh, um, Mixon hasn't proven himself, or Marvin is a type of guy. So I think Marvin is going to be have to be has to be convinced that Joe Mixon is going to be the guy, but he's going to be loyal to his vets, which is Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill. So Marvin may not exactly know, or he may know who who he has in Joe Mixon, but it ain't this game, and. I know Joe, Jeremy Hill is not all that. Um, he deflects at best. Let me put it that way. Not too effective in the passing game. He's more touchdown reliant. And if you get go close into the uh, inside the five yard line, Jeremy Hill's getting the ball. First and foremost, he's getting the ball before they decide to put the ball in the air. The PPR guy is Giovanni Bernard. So if you have somebody in that you need to put in the flex, if you have G, Giovanni Bernard, that's what I, I would definitely do that. I think he's going to get about four or five catches, um, probably about 50, 40 yards, somewhere around there. And, and a little little in the running game himself. So I think he's going to get about double-digit points. Jeremy Hill, like I said, if he doesn't get a touchdown, don't expect too much from him because uh, he's not he's not a big uh, uh, uh uh, rush per yards guy. Like I said, I'm not going to say these guys that are obvious to play. You play AJ Green. That's that's that only makes sense. You play Tyler Alford because Eifert because Andy Dalton likes throwing to these guys. Eifert's a big target. AJ Green's also a big target and reliable. Both these guys, as long as they're healthy, Andy Dalton's going to use his assets, and these two guys are his biggest assets. So he's going to use them. So I'm not going to go and say, you got to play him. Um, it should be obvious to these guys. They're, they're top, um, got, top guys at their, at their position. All right, let's move on to do, uh, uh, the, the next game on the agenda. And that would be uh, Carolina at San Francisco. Obviously, I'm not going to go um, the route of the – um, time. I'm just going to just run these run these, these uh, uh, um, down. And you know, in this game, they're playing on the road. Cam first game after real game, real game, not a preseason game, a real game after his um um. Surgery. You play Cam Newton. Uh, San Francisco rebuilding. San Francisco fans are saying that. Don't be surprised at what the San Francisco 49ers are, are about. Well, you got to show me because the last few years they've been down in the dumps and haven't shown me anything. So, Cam's going it, to, it's been conditioned, I think, to get the ball out quickly so he doesn't take as many hits as he's taken in years past. And that's why he's gotten two um, weapons in Curtis Samuel and 
especially Christian McCaffrey. Now I've drafted McCaffrey in a few leagues, dropped and t- traded him away from one for some quality players, inclu- including Julio in that. But I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be a um, very good player, both in the rush game and especially in the passing game. So I think he outshines Jonathan Stewart. Supposedly they've made specific packages for Christian McCaffrey. So um, expected him to be showcased in the run game and the passing game, even though Jonathan Stewart is listed as the starting running back. And a slimmed down, healthy, and, and extremely focused Kelvin Benjamin is a solid start for me. San Francisco, 21st against the run, 32nd against the running back, 24th against the, in preventing fantasy points in the quarterback position. That's what I'm saying. That, that, it, let, me see that, let me see them improve their defense against those three different positions in fantasy, and I'll change my mind. But up until then, you play Kelvin Benjamin. He's a, in this game, he's going to be a number one. Without a doubt. In Christian McCaffrey, you could play him as the number one. Probably safer to play him as the number two, but you, you definitely put him in your lineup. Um, you may even uh, have the luxury of putting him in the flex with some other strong running backs that you put in for RB1 too. Christian McCaffrey in there. And it goes without saying, one of his other favorite targets is Greg Olson, who's been a mainstay for... Cam Newton because the inconsistency inconsistency he's had in the passing game in Carolina. So you play, which is a no-brainer, Greg Olson. On the other side, in San Francisco, two guys that I really like in this game that I think are going to uh, thrive in the Kyle Shanahan offense. One of them Used to uh, was under Shanahan when he was in Washington. I'm talking about Pierre Garçon. Uh, he definitely, definitely, in my opinion, a uh, middle of the pack uh, wide receiver too, and a no doubt flex play. Without a doubt, a flex play in here. You know, um, I really like uh, Pierre Garçon. Um, who else is um, Brian Hoyer going to throw to? Just think about that. Who else he going to throw to? And we have a, 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 a running back that is extremely focused, um, probably in the best shape of his life. He's got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. He's got a guy, an undrafted uh, guy in um, Matt Breda, who's got the who's got the uh, number two position in running back position, um, overtaken who Kyle Shanahan pounded on the table to get Joe Williams, uh, who was taken in the fourth round and who hasn't shown that much and been outplayed by Matt Breda. So I don't, I, I may have said in the past, take um, the handcuff. This is one of the, one of the, one of the first, one of the times I'll tell you to take a handcuff. But this year, 
I'm saying get running back depth, and if if the backup isn't comparable or can't do the effective job, um, if the starter gets hurt in running back position, move on to someone else that that may be a starter that you can put on your bench. Then then you can if that starter gets hurt, rather than put the handcuff in there because he's not that good, put the starter that you have sitting on the bench in place. So. Carlos Hyde, he's a running back two, and definitely a flex play here. Um, he is um, running like a man possessed, and I think that uh, once he uh, he had the confidence of Kyle Shanahan, that uh, um, he's he's a, he's a, he's a uh, safe play a play against the. Um, Carolina Panthers, who, who do have a stiff defense, but I think they they can be run on. Um, Panthers were um, twenty; uh, they were middle of the pack. They're thirteenth, just around middle of the pack, top fifteen uh, against the run. Weaker against the pass, but they they were thirteenth um, uh, against the run. So, uh, but I would play Carlos Hyde. Um, let's move on to. to Indianapolis and um, Los Angeles. Let's do this. Indianapolis. No Andrew Luck. A very bad offense uh, run by Scott Tolzien with a bad offensive line. And the defense is not that much better with a coach that's on the hot seat. Who would you play in Indianapolis? Well, I would think they would be they would want to run the football, but they're running up against the Los Angeles Rams and a Wayne Phillips defense. And I am not a uh, uh, Scott Tolzien fan. Do we, do you play Frank Gore? against the Rams? Do you play T.Y. Hilton or Dante Moncrief? You know, the only one I would say that's a safe play that I would actually put in my lineup with confidence would be the tight end. Would be the tight end that I think Scott Tolzien is going to probably lean on. Now, he's going to attempt to get to get it to T.Y. Hilton. He's going to attempt it to get it Dante Moncrief. But Jack Doyle, middle of the field, safe throw, quarterback's best friend, especially a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of ability and a lot lot of accuracy, can throw it to the tight end to try to pick up um, cheap yards to keep the chains going. So I like Jack Doyle as a strong play here in in, um, this game. The other two guys, T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, I know you probably drafted T.Y. Hilton um, a little high um, with the anticipation that Andrew Luck was going to be the starting quarterback in the first week. Uh, Obviously, he's not, and no telling when he's going to be there. Um, You may have to play him, but I'd be a little queasy on playing any of the wide receivers coming out of uh, Indianapolis. And let uh, um, let me get to this other side of the ball with the Los Angeles Rams before I bring my uh, uh, my uh, caller in here. Um, on the other side, uh, we have the 
Los Angeles Rams playing a home game against the Indianapolis Colts. First and foremost, in my opinion, you play the Los Angeles Rams defense against an offense in Indianapolis who's got a backup quarterback that's not that good, suspect offensive line that's not that good, and it's Wade Phillips and his defense. They're going to be hyped up, fired up, um, and and ready to hunt against an offense that um, hasn't really found itself and probably will not until Andrew Luck comes back. So Todd Gurley is an extremely strong play for me here today. I know Todd Gurley didn't do that well last year. Well, this is one of the weeks that he's, he's got an ideal position to, to, make, to rack up some points. Um, and I would place Todd Gurley in there. That he's the best player. You've got to play him. Um, believe it or not, I feel more confident in Sammy Watkins than I do in T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief. Because I think that in this uh, uh, Sean McVay offense that he's one of these guys that can get the best out of the quarterback. And, and being a young guy, being related to another young guy in the quarterback, Jared Goff, um, he's going to put him in the best position for him to succeed. And he, he improved the wide receiver position by getting a nice, tall wide receiver. Um, in Sammy Watkins. So, so I would be comfortable in playing Sammy Watkins probably in a wide receiver three, uh, definitely in a flex, um, and with some upside, with some upside against this defense. Uh, another guy that um, is going to be, uh, and it showed in, in preseason, is Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Um, it's probably going to be the um, – Julian Edelman, I would think, meaning that he's going to be that PPR guy, uh, that guy that catches a lot of passes, may not for be for uh, 100 yards or so, but he catches five or six passes for 50 or 60 yards. He's going to give you that 12, 12 to 15-point range each and every week, and you want that consistency that you can put in your flex position. And it, I, I would like that. And with an outside chance, because this is a young quarterback, and I know that Julius Thomas isn't playing, I know that Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard aren't playing, that you may not have that, that backup tight end sitting there, or you're looking for a tight end. Well, I've given, given you some tight ends earlier, and I'm giving you another one here. Young quarterback, safe throws, if he's not throwing a Kubi Cup, um, he may be thrown into the tight end, Tyler Higby. So if you want to put, plug Tyler Higby in because you have no other uh, – um, everyone's grabbed the tight end and Tyler Higby for whatever reason is sitting out there, uh, you got nothing to lose. Let me put it that way. Uh, and Tyler Higby, it, it could be a strong candidate to get in the end zone um, because they're going to be getting down into the end uh, uh, to the friend zone. Um, I think early and often with the, um, the against the Indianapolis Colts, and want, they want to make a big showing. They want to make a good, big showing first game in Los Angeles with a new coach. Um, so I've given you Todd Gurley. That's a, to me that was no brainer. Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, Tyler Higby. 
With that being said, let me bring my esteemed co-host from the FSP Cruise Show. He joins me on, on the master plan. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Jerry. What's going on? Not much. Just running down these uh, games, man. And uh, I don't know how you thought about what I talked about with the Indianapolis Colts and Los Angeles Rams, but I'll uh, um, ask for your input on anything that you want to say about those, those two teams. I, I totally concur on Jack Doyle. Um, Scott Tolzien has not been impressive. He did have uh, a good rapport with Jack Doyle in the preseason. Um, that's big. Now, the tight end position is very matchup dependent. Um, and the Rams are actually pretty tough against the tight end, but I, I'll still take Doyle. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, this week went one – it's a very difficult week because it's a lot harder to gauge the matchups because a lot of teams have new coaches, new coordinators, mm-hmm. new players. So you could base some of it on last year, but, but not everything, of course. So, uh, but yeah, uh, tight end, tight end matchups are, are huge because, uh, you know, usually it's because of defensive scheme. And uh, I saw this with the Giants, I think it was last year, the year before, they would uh, usually have their safeties helping out with the wide receivers, put uh, a linebacker on the uh, tight end, and uh, a lot of tight ends in the NFL could be the linebacker. So uh, there's usually two or three defenses in the NFL every year who, <laughs> whatever team they're playing, boom, you could start that tight end, um, even if he's a second-tier type of guy. And I'll tell you, um, I don't know if you mentioned it, and there's been plenty of notice, but still guys mess this up. The fact that, and believe me, I'm not complaining about it because this is a serious issue, that Tampa and Miami had their buy switched to week one. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time to adjust. I mean, you know, and that's part of fantasy. You have to pay attention to this, these sort of things. And uh, I had I waited in one league for uh, a quarterback I didn't want to reach. I got Jameis Winston. I was pretty happy with that. And then, boom, um, unfortunately, yep. you know, he's off mm-hmm. week one, wasn't counting on that. No big mm-hmm. deal. And fortunately, uh, my backup is uh, David Carr. Oh, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Boy, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's does. why you, you should give your kids different letters for their first names. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just something about that. You know, I guess the, you know, the, the, their family like the D's for whatever reason. Um, well, just before you go any further, just on a note, I have three sons, uh, three three bio- biological sons, and they're, they're all their initials is my are my initials JMT. <laughs> oh well, see there you go. Well, then yeah, you save yeah. money and you could give your son hand-me-down monogram stuff, which not everybody <laughs> can do. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, like Johnny Carson, he had three wives with the same initials. He saved a fortune on monogram towels. You know. Is that right? I didn't know that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was. Wow. It was a Joan, a Joanne, and a Joanna. And mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid, that kind of got a lot of attention because, uh, you know, he. Uh, he was paying alimony up the yin-yang, you know? Yeah, sure. Sure, I can imagine. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, 
but yeah, and then I think it was the third one. But it's odd to, you know, b- break up with a Joanne and then you marry a Joanna or vice versa. It's kind of odd, mm-hmm. but you know. Uh, yep. It, it, yeah, and it, but it, it was in it was in you know when it's a slow week for the tabloids to usually be talking about you know Johnny Carson's divorces and uh, like I said he was getting a fortune from uh, I guess it was I think he was on NBC but uh, a lot of that went to the wives. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game, division rival game played in Houston. Um, both teams dealing with hurricanes. One um, going on right now. In, in Jacksonville, the other one um, already took place, and they're trying to recover from that. Um, Houston is. Uh, 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 let me let, let's let's talk about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars first. Never have been, no, nor will ever be, um, a Blake Bortles fan. Um, uh, he just doesn't show me. I'm surprised when when Jacksonville drafted him. And he has not um, proven them to be right. Let me put it that way. Um, I'm not – I can't advocate playing Blake Bortles in this. Um, I, I love Leonard Fournette playing in this. I know it's against the Houston defense. But uh, they're going to be using the um, – running the football to protect Blake Bortles a lot quite naturally. Houston knows that. Houston – it's near the middle of the pack against the run. Um, number 12 last year against the run. They played. They do play the, the uh, passing game very well. Um, they have a hell of a pass rush. Uh, I know the main guy in Jacksonville is Allen Robinson. A lot of people drafted him relatively high. I cannot. And I, I think people who are, who are drafting these guys – uh, from the uh, in, in a passing game, wide receivers and, and Marquise Lee or Allen Hearns uh, or definitely uh, Allen Robinson um, are going to get a uh, a sine wave of production up and down. It's just going to be up and down. There's nothing going to be any any uh, steady. Uh, uh, points coming from these guys and it's going to be and, and just like Jeff talked about the tight ends I think it's going to be match up dependent they're going up against a, uh, uh, the, one of the division rivals they're going up against that division rival in their home stadium uh, and that division rival happens to be very tough even against good teams in their home stadium and they have a very good defense uh, and a pass defense and a pass rush um, I know the because he got drafted high, most people are going to play him. I'm talking about Allen Robinson. Um, but temper your expectations. I don't expect a lot out of Allen Robinson. Um, and I would temper my expectations against Leonard Fournette. Because uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, they haven't really improved that offensive line in Jacksonville. Uh, and Leonard Fournette is going up against the defense that, like I said, Middle of the pack against the run, but uh, it's a tough defense. And they have J.J. Watt back, so that's even a, a more of an improvement. Um, but Leonard Burnett was probably drafted high, and so you have to play him. So I, mean, I can't discount you from the saying that, from doing that. On the other side, I would have to say almost the same thing about the Houston Texans. 
um, they're going with a, I would say, an unproven um, quarterback. Uh, but they like to run the football, and depending on how cohesive the de- defensive unit of Jacksonville is, uh, they were uh, 10th against the running back last year, uh, Jacksonville was. So uh, Lamar Miller, who I'm not a really huge fan of, but I think he's a capable running back, um, should have it because, because of volume, it's going to be able to run the football. So you, you definitely play uh, Lamar Miller. Now that's the one, probably as a flex uh, and low, or a low-end RB2. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get targeted a lot in this offense. Um, Tom Savage looks to, to DeAndre Hopkins a lot. He just got paid, so they want to get a return on their investment in DeAndre Hopkins. So he's going to get uh, a, a, a ton of the lion's share in targets, targets equal opportunities. Um, and also, just like I always say, when you have a quarterback that you think is limited, you try to get the tight end involved a lot in the offense to move the chains and give the quarterback uh, some degree of confidence um, in, in, the, in what he's doing. So you throw it to, to, to the tight end like C.J. Fedorowicz. He came on the scene last year with Brock Osweiler. Um, Tom Savage is now on the scene. I think that C.J. Fedorowicz is a capable, maybe not a, a, a tight end one, but a, definitely a, a tight end two with some upside. Um, and I think that uh, because of the type of defense the um, Jacksonville Jaguars run, that C.J. Fedorowicz may, be, may, may get some nice work in the middle of the field. Um, Jeff, what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, uh, I agree on Fedorowicz. Um, you know, I'll tell you, these, these – Week one games are very tough. Um, yep. Yeah, I'll tell you the the Houston defense. If uh, if JJ Watt is recovered from the injury, which you know you never get the real story on that, but I mean it, the thing is, I mean he he's been in training camp. He's I think he's been playing in the preseason games. That's a good sign. Um, you know, it's not like he just started practicing, so I think he had plenty of time to rehab. But uh, you know, the back that that could be a very serious thing. Um, you know, um, trying to think anybody who stands out. Uh, I'll tell you with Lamar Miller, it's not uh, a great matchup for him, but uh, it's good. And he's, you know, he's the number one running back pretty clear in Houston. And, and there's not a lot of those guys. So uh, I think very few fantasy teams are in a situation where you could sit uh, Lamar Miller. So he he's an obvious start. I mean, with uh, Fournette, you know, in the drafts, a lot of guys took him high. But, you know, the fact is there's only a few rookies who are very fantasy relevant. I mean, Fournette is probably one of them. Um, T.J. Eldon's banged up. But they have a healthy Chris Ivory, and uh, Ivory could get some of the touches. And, and you know, the Houston defense is pretty stout. Um, uh but uh, I'll tell you, getting back to the hurricane thing, there, there's um, a guy in one of my leagues, and this is a very serious league, 
and this guy coincidentally is a serious jerk. And uh, he had his two defenses, which I, you, I don't even usually carry two defenses. He had Miami and Tampa defenses, and I was checking the matchups, and he he didn't he didn't make a waiver adjustment, and you you know you, you don't be that guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this this yeah. guy is probably the guy who'd poop all over somebody else if they did the same thing. It, 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 just don't be that guy, you know? Right. Um, I mean it, it's kind of funny he's a jerk, but you know. It, it, the thing is, you know, you shouldn't do that because other, it affects, you know, outcomes that, you know, et cetera. It's, I mean, he's hurting himself, of course, but it, but it hurts the league, you know, you because, sure? mm-hmm. and there, there was plenty of time. There was plenty of notification. It wasn't like this was some secret last minute thing. Right. Um, Cause I had thought about it. I'm like, imagine if in a deep league, if somebody had Jameis Winston as their quarterback and, and backed up by Cutler, it's possible, you know, um, sure it is. So, uh, you know, there was a few years ago, I think it was, there was an early season game. And this was relatively short notice. I don't know if you remember this. It was uh, uh, Houston and Baltimore. And that got that got made into a buy at the last minute. Um, and, and, you know, guys had to deal with it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'll tell you, uh, Bortles kind of took a step back in his development. I'm not sure exactly why. Um you know, um, Alan Hearns is a good start. And, you know, of course, needless to say, the, you know, when it comes to fantasy, the the quarterbacks and the wide receivers are very connected. But the good thing is about the wide receivers, they don't get charged with the interceptions. You know? Right. So, right. Um, so uh, that's that's big. But, you know, it's it's uh, I'm looking in, you know, a lot of people are looking in Jacksonville just to see how many touches Fournette's going to get. Um because, you know, that that's huge, you know. Um, and there's just a lot of questions going into week one, you know, just for, for a lot of teams. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this, you know, and, and you know, you, you never know. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, Bortles could all of a sudden just have a great game, you know. Unlikely, but it's possible, you know. Who, who knows? All right, let's uh, move on to um... – it's just apropos that you're here, Jeff, because the next game I'm talking about is the New York Giants versus Dallas Cowboys playing in, in Big D. Um, big speculation is um, one, one, one with two speculations. One's been resolved. The other one hasn't been. Uh, the one that hasn't been is o, o, ODB. Um, is, if he's going to play or not. Um, if he plays, I would play him, but um, I wouldn't expect too much from him. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain, and he hasn't really been doing too much um, except for straight line running. If anything, he, he'll be a decoy. Um, I can't expect too much from o, o, um, Odell Beckham, especially when you have uh, 15 more games after this to play um, that they would risk him going out there and further injuring himself and setting him back for future games. So even though he flew with the team to Dallas, I would think that uh, in all common sense to me that he wouldn't play. Um, and if he does play quite naturally, people have to play him because you never know. But um, I haven't drafted him on any of my teams. Not one team do I have him on. And um, uh, 
I wouldn't I, I, I have a hard and fast rule If a guy Is, is injured And he's really injured uh, and, and he's having issues um, Leading up to game time decision I don't play him Plain and simple I don't play him uh, Because the fact is I, I'll get somebody in there that I think is going to be more reliable Maybe not give me the same type of production But I'd rather Deal with that than dealing with uh, two or three points or no points because the guy went out there and and, and uh, um, got hurt early, and then now you suffered in that position. So if it was me, I wouldn't play him. Um, I would rely more on the two other wide receivers and Sterling Shepard and Brandon Marshall. Um, and also, it's another one, and and I don't normally I I, I can't re- recall when I've ever done it. But I'm going to do it this time because I think this guy is exceptional. Uh, he's one of the unique guys that in, in this position, I think, because of the offense, which is ideal for the type of offense that he's in. Talking about the uh, uh, tight end in Evan Ingram. Ingram. Eli's been looking for a reliable target in the middle of the field in uh, a tight end. He's had tight ends um, that – are better in blocking than catching have had brick a brick hand for hands and not being able to catch balls that are right in the middle, right in the middle and easy to catch. Well, this kid's got speed. He can, and he's got great ability to catch the football. And in this type of offense that they want to get the ball out of Eli's hands fast. And it's a passing offense. I think this kid's going to get a lot of targets and opportunities to make plays in the middle field. And I really like Evan Ingram in this game. Um, and, and I think he, he, he's going to be one of the um, targets that Eli is going to rely on because he's been dying, dying. And, and Giant fans have been dying for a, uh, a, a, a good tight end. They haven't had a good tight end, a consistent pass-catching tight end that can make plays in the middle of the field uh, in, in quite a while, and I think this kid is the answer in that position. So I do like Eli against the Dallas Cowboys if you're in a pinch between Jameis Wilson and, and, and um, um, uh, maybe, I don't know about Jay Cutler, but if Jameis is not there and you're looking for a, 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 um, a quarterback, Eli is there for you. I do like um, Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard in here, and I really like in the tight end position. I really like this kid, Evan Ingram, um, we're going to be going in overtime, but we're going to get to these games. Just hang with me. We're going to get to these games. On the other side with the Dallas Cowboys, um, look at two games last year with the quarterback, get Dak, Dak Prescott. I don't think he, he does a lot in this game. I do like uh, um, Jason Witten because he's a faith throw. I think he he's a better play in here. I know if you have Des Bryant, you're going to have to play him, but you're going to have to temper your expectations because he, like, like Dak, haven't done too much against the Giants last year. And uh, Giants have a very good defense. They're one year uh, uh, more into that defense now um, and what Steve Spagnuolo is trying to do. And it seems like they have the Dallas Cowboys offense's number. Um, you got to play Zeke without a shadow of a doubt. Hey, Zeke is Zeke. So, if, unfortunately, um, for Giant fans, he's eligible to play. Um, he's, been, he's gassed the Giants in the past, and I, I expect nothing different. 
because they're going to run the football early and often. All right, Jeff, it's on you. What's up? Yeah, uh, I agree in a big way on uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, also, to his bet, I think there might be a few more targets for him with uh, uh, Beckham looking doubtful, and the Dallas uh, defense is pretty generous against tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, for the Giants, I mean, Paul Perkins looks like the number one back. Not a great start, and uh, there might be uh, a lot of touches for uh, Shane Vereen and maybe even Orleans Darkwa. Um, uh, you know, I think maybe there might be some more catches for uh, – uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, you know, due to the Beckham situation. Uh, and uh, talking about suspensions, there's another very good NFL player looking at a possible suspension in uh, Jarvis Landry in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that was one of the reasons I traded him in a league. Also, you know, I was stacked at wide receiver. So, you know, I was like, well, you know, uh, this guy's going to be on my bench. I need help at running back. And, uh, was one of the reasons I traded Landry. So, uh, and, and and what further complicates the Beckham situation is it's a Sunday night game. Yep. I mean, you still have options because there's two Monday night games. Yep. But it, it it's not as easy to deal with as a one o'clock. And I and I totally agree with you on uh, these game time decision guys. You know, I'll play it safe because uh, you know I don't I don't want a goose egg because that's something yep. I won't tolerate. You know, it's right. that, that kills your fantasy team. It really does. It sure does. Anyway, let's let's move on to the to to, to uh, this is I don't know, man. This is, you know, I'm I'm glad, and and it's and I, I keep saying this and I keep saying it and it, it's been proving me right. I'm glad I left this team. They've 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 just nothing but gone down since I left them. I, I must I must have been Nostradamus or something because I I I saw the handwriting on the wall and I said I got to get out of here. Anyway, the New York Jets. Go to Buffalo to pay the Buffalo Bills. Um, I tell you, right people, right off the bat, backup court, a, a league. This guy's been a historical backup quarterback everywhere he's gone. Josh McGowan. He, he and he's starting for the Jets. They got rid of all their starting wide receivers. Eric Decker, of, of note, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall. They have a, what, a 30, 32, 33-year-old running back who's supposed to be the main running back. If you have to play Matt Forte, good luck on you. I, 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 can't, I, wouldn't, I can't play him. He's, never, he's not on my team. Um, I, I, no way. There's no way. There's no way any of these Jets are on my team outside of below Powell because the Jets are going to run the football. you got a defensive-minded coach that is, wants to protect his defense and play a – um, ball control, burn the clock type of offense. So he's going to run the football uh, and, and use below power in many different ways. So in PPR and in, in the standard below power is a very good play for me. Um, otherwise than that, there is no one on the Jets I would play. No one on the Jets I would play because they've depleted their lineup to, 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 to point themselves to the number one pick. In next year's draft, that's how that's what I believe. That's what I'm looking at. On the other side, I play the Buffalo defense. They're, they got a new new um, new coach in Sean McDermott, hard nosed, defensive minded coach. These guys are going to be uh, rabid, rabid dogs 
hunting after every Jet in, in uniform, especially the quarterback. Um, and I love playing. This is a good play. There's two good plays in defense that, I, that stand out for me. One I told you about the Los Angeles Rams playing the Indianapolis Colts in Los Angeles. And this one, the Buffalo Bills playing the New York Jets in Buffalo. Both home openers, both good defenses playing against teams that have issues on their offense. It's a no-brainer for me. Either one of those guys that's sitting on, on a waiver wire, which they shouldn't be, but any astute um, fantasy football player should grab them up because these guys are going to be hunting after that weak offense and putting up uh, and trying to get turnovers from those guys. So I love the Los Angeles Rams, and, I, and we're talking about the Buffalo Bills right now. I love the Buffalo Bills defense. Um, I also love Sean McCoy. The Jets were middle of the pack against the run, but we're talking about Shady, who can do it both ways, can catch the football out of the uh, backfield, and is a very dynamic runner in and out, in between and outside the tackles. Um, they got rid of Sammy Watkins. They shipped him off to um, uh, uh, Los Angeles. And they brought in Jordan Matthews from the Philadelphia Eagles. But they drafted, and I, Jeff knows I talked about this kid, and I really like this kid. Uh, I think he was an all-time reception leader in, 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 um, in the NCAA. Uh, talking about Zay Jones. Um, Tyrod Taylor has only a, a couple guys to throw to. Zay Jones is one of them. He's a rookie, I know, but targets equal opportunities. And I think when they when they do run a, want to pass the football, it's going to be to Zay Jones, uh, and also a, a, another um, wide receiver in um, Jordan Matthews. But I think the number one receiver is Zay Jones, without a doubt. Um, they must have saw something in this kid in preseason to slip, slip excuse me, to ship Sammy Watkins off to uh, the Rams. Uh, got rid of the headache um, and got rid of the inconsistent um, Sammy Watkins in and off, off the, on the field. Zay Jones. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, before I move on. What do you think about what I just said about it the, that that matchup, Jeff? Uh, agree on Zay Jones uh, with the Jets. I mean, uh, you know that's a dumpster fire. I think <laughs> Bilal Powell is yes. uh, is is a decent start. Um, very similar to Forte, both very good in the passing game. But uh, Powell was coming on strong at the end of last year. There was rumors the Jets were trying to trade Forte. Um, you know, um, I think if you're in a deep league. Uh, Robbie Anderson might be, uh, you know, a good sleeper start. Um, you know, the thing is, and this this is the mark of a bad NFL team, uh, you know, the Jets, you know, got your, uh, Jermaine Curse and uh, Jeremy Curley. Um, uh, you know, you really shouldn't have guys you just signed yep. playing uh, a, a lot yep. of snaps. That's not the mark of a good team now. You got it. Um and another, oh, another guy. I mean, what you know? What is these guys? Need, they're gonna need name tags in the huddle, you know? Um, that uh, uh, they got. I think uh, they're starting Will Ty at tight end uh, because uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins is uh, suspended for a game. Yeah. Um, and 
I don't know. I think Safarian Jenkins, when he comes back, might be uh, you know a good sleeper tight end for the Jets. But uh, yeah. not this week, of course. Yeah. And uh, you know because of uh, uh, Miami having uh, an unexpected bye this week and the Patriots losing, the Jets and the Bills are playing for first place. That's true. That's true. You're right. How about that? I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right about that. Wow. So who's going to be on the top of the top of the uh, uh, food chain in the AFC East? <laughs> wow. Okay. Maybe uh, you know you know both those coaches are going to use that as a uh, um, a pregame speech that, that we got we got the opportunity to start off at, at, at top of the division if we win this game. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's move on to a game that I'm really really anxious to see. Um, two up and coming teams. I talked about this last uh, yesterday. Two up-and-coming teams with up-and-coming quarterbacks with two quarterbacks that got hurt the same day. Uh, one made the playoffs, but his team didn't go too far. The other one just missed the playoffs. Um, I think they probably could have done better if the two quarterbacks were healthy um, um, past Christmas, but fate didn't um, go their way. But they're back now. Talking about Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota with the with the uh, matchup of both those two teams, the Titans and the Raiders, playing in Tennessee. You got to play Derek Carr. Um, uh, he's just one of those quarterbacks that uh, he can he can throw uh, three touchdowns and, and 300 yards um, um, because that's who Derek Carr is. He can throw 300 uh, yards and three touchdowns. He's got the weapons to do it, and, and who are both plays in this game, uh, Amari Cooper and, and Michael Crabtree, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, um, that should be a no-brainer. The wild card in here is this, and he, he came back to play with his hometown team after a year of being off. This is another guy I hadn't drafted because I'm not, su- not sure of what you're going to get. In Marshawn Lynch. Okay. He's 31, 32 years old, somewhere around there. Um, people say on a positive note that he's had a year off. Any nicks and, and bumps and bruises that he's had, he's had a year off to, to heal. Supposedly he's in the best shape of his life. You heard that cliche before. Um, but you don't know. If you're going to get a 2013 Marshawn Lynch or you're going to get a 2015 Marshawn Lynch, the last time you really seen him play, uh, 2016 Marshawn Lynch. Oh, that's it, 2015 Marshawn Lynch. You don't know what Marshawn Lynch you're going to get. Now, they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. But, like I said, you don't know what kind of Marshawn Lynch you're going to get. Um, Most people probably drafted him relatively high, so they're going to play him. So, uh, in my opinion, you play him, um, and you hope for the best. Um, and there's another, there's another running back like that, and we'll hopefully you get to it. Um, but I would say you play Marshawn Lynch and hope for the best, that he, he produces, um, um, and, and um, you, you'll be content with his production. But this is another place where I say grab the guy in back, because I think he has, he has just as uh, he has good ability too, and especially against this uh, offensive line. And I think he's and he think he's even more versatile 
especially in the passing game, than he is uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch. And I'm talking about you got two you got two guys here, two rookies that played last year. Now they're in the second year, Jalen Rich, Richard, and and DeAndre Washington. I have the tendency to lean towards Jalen Richard versus DeAndre Washington. I think Richard is more versatile, being able to run and catch the football versus Washington. Um, so if I, if it was me, um, and the way Marshawn Lynch runs, um, I would grab Richard being a backup because the fact is that I think if he given a chance on a Marshawn Lynch injury, kid can fill in. Fill in the blanks. Let me put it that way. Um, but I told you you got to play Amari Cooper and you got to play um, uh, uh, Michael Crabtree. That's that's a no brainer along with Derek Carr and, and uh, um, uh, Marshawn Lynch. On the other side, um, young quarterback came in the same draft as uh, Jameis Winston. I feel he's the, the more or accurate quarterback from what I've seen between him and Jameis. Um, and he definitely turns the ball over less because of his accuracy and being able to take care of the football. Uh, if you're looking for a quarterback, um, Marcus Mariotic against this defense, I think can, can do, can do a few things. I'd like him to start. Uh, DeMarco Murray, I think can, can start against his, uh, um, um, this defense who's 22nd last year against the uh, running back position. The Raiders play uh, the the pass better than they play the run, um, and uh, I know there's big expectations from Corey Davis. I do believe he was the first? Um, no, he was the second wide receiver. Was he the first? I can't remember. He was one of the top two wide receivers taken in the draft. You keep him on your bench because I don't think he's going to do too much this this week, uh, and I and he know, I know he's dealing with some injuries, uh, so. We'll have to wait and see, in my opinion, um, uh, later in the season. I don't think he's going to do too much. I think maybe he'll come on later in the season. But I think he's got to, to um, get healthy. He's not completely healthy, and that can make a difference. I think the only one, number one wide receiver here is Rashard Matthews, who um, um, had a good rapport with uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota last year, and I think they continued through the preseason and probably do it in the uh, regular season also. Eric Decker is c- coming back from an injury, so you don't know what you're going to get from that. And I think it's going to take him a little bit, just like Davis, to to get acclimated to what the uh, Titans do in order for him to be effective. Um, I think the only other guy who's been a consistent target, who's been the target uh, the majority of the time for Marcus Mariota, is their um, – all pro tight end and Delaney Walker. So the guys I really like playing in here is DeMarco Murray, Delaney Walker, and Richard Matthews in a wide receiver three flex position. And Marcus Mariotti, I think you can start against this defense who is 23rd against the quarterback position, depending on last year. Talk, talk to me, Jeff. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about Mariota. I think he was going as a QB2 in a lot of drafts. Definitely mm-hmm. like Delaney Walker. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, you don't know how, the, how they're going to use Decker, how healthy he is. Um, DeMarco Murray's a good start, of course. Um, you know, I like uh, Derrick Henry as uh, just as a backup to have down the stretch because uh, – 
DeMarco Murray's not always yep. uh, the the most durable and yep. uh Yep. You know, and, and Henry, I mean, if you were desperate, he usually gets at least a few touches a game. Um, it, you know, Carr's another guy. Um, he was going as a QB, too, you know, depending on the draft. Um, Got to start Cooper and Crabtree, of course. Um, maybe not this week, but, uh, you know, they needed a tight end in Oakland, and uh, Jared Cook might be the guy. And I totally agree on uh, Marshawn Lynch. Um I mean, he's probably going to get the goal line carries, but he's got two pretty good young guys behind him. And, and, you know, you don't know how effective or how many touches he's going to get week one, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. coming out of retirement, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, who knows? You know, it depends on uh, if he, you know, how easy it is to get Skittles in Oakland. You know, I mean, (laughs) you never know. Uh, Sometimes, you know, uh, those things can be hard to find depending on on the city. So, yep. All right, let's uh, move on to um, uh, NFC East matchup in the uh, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Redskins in D.C. Uh, um, I'm I'm up in the air about whether I want to play Carson Wentz against this uh, Washington defense. Um, He had a decent season. He had 16 touchdowns. He had 14 interceptions. Um, They added uh, Alshon Jeffrey. And uh, shipped off uh, um, Jordan Matthews, uh, but and and they also added Legarrette Blunt, who I'm not high on Legarrette Blunt. That's just another one of these guys that, um, in my opinion, is too um, touchdown dependent, extremely touchdown dependent, um, and I don't think that's going to happen. Plus the fact that there's news in that uh, he hasn't been all that in. Um, in uh, Philly, um, not mixing well with the type of offense that they run. And uh, um, that probably going to be a fluid situation that um, maybe one of the other backs, one of those small comes to light that uh, um, he may be the one that um, takes over as the regular running back versus uh, um, a limited uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, I do like in a PPR, Darren Sproles, quite naturally, he's mainstay in PPR for a, a number of years from the time he was in New Orleans. Now he's in uh, uh, Philly. Um, the other guys, um, and I think because of the somewhat limitations of the offense, that the another tight end, um, and it's becoming a, a pretty uh, – uh, habitual theme that uh, uh, I'm thinking Jack Zacker because it's going to have a very good game against this Washington defense that is 28th against uh, preventing fantasy points according to last year uh, against the tight end position. Um, and Carson Wentz being a young quarterback, he's got a nice safe throw with an athletic uh, tight end in Zach Ertz um, that Zach Ertz can get um, five to six catches, 50, 60 yards, get double digits in, a fantasy, which is a very good um, output for a tight end um, to add to whatever else you have on your roster. So um, I like that, that Gertz. And the only other guy, now there's two, there's two guys. Um, they kept Nelson Aguilar, okay? I know this may be a far reach or whatever, but I just got something in the back of my neck. I just got a feeling 
Nelson Aguilar is going to be playing the slot because uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith are outside guys with two different skill sets. Alshon Jeffrey is a better wide receiver than Torrey Smith, who's a one-trick pony. Um, but I think Nelson Aguilar, just like Zach Ertz, it's going to reap the rewards of a type of offense that the um, um, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles run uh, run run and uh, be able to catch quite a bit of catches in the slot position. Um, so what I'm saying is keep an eye out for Nelson Aguilar. I wouldn't be surprised that he catches uh, uh, um, half a dozen catches in this game, just like Zach Ertz, um, because I do believe they're going to be passing the football. Um, I don't think they're going to be running a lot, uh, uh, but I do believe they're going to be catching, uh, passing the football. And I think the two guys that may benefit greatly outside of Alshon Jeffrey would be Nelson Aguilar in the slot and Zach Ertz in the tight end position. Any Washington Redskins side, and I'll start with the tight end because the fact is that, that this is an all-pro tight end that uh, Kirk Cousins loves to throw to, one of the most athletic tight ends. If he stays healthy, um, he's dealing with foot, foot problems, but he's supposed to be ready to play today, uh, and Jordan Reed. So when I, this is one of these guys that's a no, no-brainer. Um, you got to play Jordan Reed. Um, you, you, uh, and the other guy from last year, this is a carryover from last year, He's supposed to be dealing with a hip injury and questionable. Um, but I would play Jamison Crowder. Um, he was a PPR machine last last year, and I think that he's one of these guys that a safe throw. That's a confidence-building throw, throw for um, Kirk Cousins. He likes throwing to him. He got a new shiny toy into Raw Pryor. You don't know how that mixture is going to uh, translate to a – Real game. Um, so I would temper my expectations. Most people <coughs> will, <coughs> excuse me, will want to um, start Terrell Pryor, and I, I'm not going to talk you off of that. But um, I would temper my expectations uh, against the Philadelphia defense. And quite naturally, um, the guy throwing the ball, I would definitely play against Philadelphia, who is um, – um, pretty tough against the tight end, but Kurt, Kurt has had good games against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, pretty tough against the quarterback, I'm sorry. But Kurt has been pretty good against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I know that Rob Kelly is – fat Rob Kelly. Um, but I'm not a Kelly fan. Um, I know people who are starting Rob Kelly at their number two running back, but – Good luck with that. Um, talk to me, Jeff. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Terrell Pryor, by default, is looks like the top receiver in Washington. Maybe if he's not the top, he's probably the healthiest. Uh, I, I don't think I drafted Reed or even came close to drafting Reed in any drafts. I can't believe a guy with his durability issues was going as a third-round pick in some drafts. Yep. No. No, I'm just not. I'm not rolling the dice like that. I mean, you know, hey, he's he's terrific when he's healthy, but that might be only eight games a year, if that. It's not worth the headache. Uh, uh, yeah, 
we'll see who gets the carries. Rob Kelly looks like the number one guy, but Chris Thompson is in the picture. I think everybody was expecting, uh, I think is Perrine, the name of the rookie, him to be the guy. But, uh, you know, uh, sometimes these rookies don't pick up the system too quick. And, you know, that's very important, especially with blitz protections. Um, you know, the Eagles, uh, I like Ertz. I mean, pretty much Ertz is good enough. You could start him as your tight end every week. Uh and uh, I like Sproles for the PPR leagues. All right, let's move on to a, another division rival game. Uh, the Green, uh, excuse Green Bay, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, going up against the uh, Cleveland new and improved young Cleveland Browns with uh, Deshaun Kaiser, the only rookie this year starting um, uh, starting the year off as a starting quarterback. Uh, you know they're going to be uh, hungry to go after this quarterback and test him out to see what he's made of. Um, but I'm going to start on the Pittsburgh side. Um, B, B, the four Bs, Ben, Brown, Bell, Bryant. Do I need to say any more? I don't think so. You start off all four of those guys. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to ball out. Um, I think uh, – um, um, Matavius Bryant, okay. I, I saw a statistic. I think it's either twenty or twenty-one games out of out of that many games he scored fifteen touchdowns. That's crazy. Fifteen touchdowns out of twenty twenty-one games that he's played. And you could imagine with Big Ben having another target on the opposite side of the field of Antonio, being able to throw to either one of these guys. And then open up the offense and to have Le'Veon Bell run wherever he likes and also be involved in the passing game. So I don't have to say anything about B, uh, excuse me, Ben, Bell, Brown, or Bryant. You start them and, and slot them where you want them and, and just expect that for them to uh, produce. Um, because I, I think going against the Cleveland Browns, even though Ben, even though Ben numbers, on the road, and especially against Cleveland, are, are, are dramatically different than when they play in, in Pittsburgh, I still say you play all four Bs and, and, and expect that type of performance. On the other side, there is only one guy that I, I would start in confidence. Two guys, I'm sorry. One, especially in PPR, and the other guy, is, you can run him in standard, and you, and you can run him in PPR, but there's one guy especially you run him in, in, in PPR, and that's Duke Johnson. Because this is a huge action, one of my favorite offensive coordinators slash head coaches in the league. One of, uh, I think he just got a, just got a mind to, to, uh, to, to get guys to do what they want um, and what he wants in their offense. And I think that Duke Johnson is going to be one of those guys that's going to produce week in and week out especially in PPR. He's that, he, he's that versatile, and he's that uh, capable of catching the football and being able to produce. The other guy is, because of this revamped line, an improved line that they have now and, and put some money into, I think one, one of the highest playing offensive lines in the NFL, is the, and believe it or not, yes, the, the Cleveland Browns are one of the highest paid offensive lines in the NFL. And Isaiah Crowell is going to benefit from that. So I was definitely play without a shadow of a doubt, without any hesitation, Isaiah Corwell. I think he's going to be one of the surprise running backs in this league 
Um, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he gets a total of 100 yards, whether passing or catching the football, a total of 100 yards and, and a touchdown in this game. That's how I feel about that. Talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only the only guys uh, I like at Cleveland are uh, Crowell and Britt. I mean, I mean maybe uh, Duke Johnson. I mean, I you know he he's a good player, but I don't know if he's going to get enough touches. And of course, Pittsburgh. You know, they got the four Bs healthy and not suspended, which is kind of rare. Um, you know. Mi- um, I'll tell you, uh, boy, first start for Kaiser going against uh, a, a, yeah. a tough uh, Pittsburgh 3-4 defense, blitzes yep. guys from all over. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, they got a lot of dysfunction in Cleveland, and uh, it, it, I, I think it, it might even uh, show a little on the field. So, uh, um, But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I like the fact that the uh, – the Cleveland uh, front office tries to accumulate draft picks. But, you know, I, I, it's almost like they're getting too many draft picks because, you know, there's only so many rookies you want on a team. <laughs> and maybe you – know, I'm serious. And, and, I, I, you know, I understand. Part of, you know, if you're going to accumulate draft picks, you could use those picks to trade up for guys so you're getting quality, not just quantity, and maybe even package some of those picks to bring in, you know, uh, players, you know, but if you're just going to accumulate draft picks just to keep drafting lousy guys, how's that going to help your team? You know, that's true. That's true. Anyway, um, let's move on to another game. That's going to be an, another interesting game for people to watch. That's the uh, Seattle um, Seahawks against the uh, Green Bay Packers in Green Bay in Lambeau Field starting off the season. Seattle played, um, Green Bay last year and got torched 38 to 10 um, with a, I think week 14 with a um, banged up Russell Wilson. Um, but well, Russell Wilson's healthy. They've, they've added another running back and Eddie Lacy. They shipped off um, Jermaine curse to the uh, jets. And uh, um, I'm going to start off this with a sleeper um, and, and, and this guy, I think, is going to be a surprise in this offense because I think um, because of the running back situation that starting from last year going into this year, the uh, Seattle Seahawks are going to be more of a passing team, and I think this kid going to benefit from that. I'm talking about Paul Richardson. He may not be on a lot of people's radar, but um, after tonight uh, or after today, he may be. Um, I think he's going to get about four or five catches, about 50 to 60 yards, somewhere around there. Um, it could be even more because uh, um, uh, he's the number two wide receiver behind Doug Baldwin, which I, to, to me is a no-brainer because that's, that's Russell Wilson's a number one guy against a Green Bay defense that is 32nd, the bottom of the barrel against the, the pass. And I think – Russell Wilson is going to uh, exploit that in Green Bay. Um, it, it, in my opinion, you're going to have to because I think that uh, uh, Green Bay is going to um, uh, try to light up the um, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. But I'm talking about Seattle. So I started off with a sleeper in Paul Richardson, and I also transitioned to 
uh, a no-brainer in, 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 in the number one receiver in Seattle, which is Doug Baldwin. But I'm not going to forget the tight end position. It seems like I've been talking about the tight end position in all these games like, uh, a lot. Anyway, and, and that's not by, not, not by coincidence because these tight end positions in a lot of these teams um, are integral parts of the offense more and more. Um, and tra- starting to exploit that center of the field um, to move the chains and, and to score points. Jimmy Graham, another year into the offense, another more, uh, another confidence, uh, uh, confidence builder in, in, in dealing with Russell Wilson from year to year. Um, he's, in, to me, a no-brainer to play at, in the tight end position in this game, uh, seeing that Green Bay uh, is 20th against the tight end position in preventing fantasy points. It's a no-brainer. Best thing Green Bay does is 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 is, is uh, um, uh, defend the run. So any anything in the passing um, part of the game that Green Bay has to deal with can be exploited by Seattle. Let's move on to the um, Green Bay Packers. I don't have to tell you to play Aaron Rodgers, the number one uh, mm-hmm. drafted drafted quarterback. That's a no-brainer. Um, what I do have to tell you is, is that these two guys, um, they, they got the best of Seattle last year. Um, but, and, and I would think you would have to play these guys, Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson. Um, you have to see who's on what. Um, Richard Sherman doesn't travel from one side of the field to the other. So who, depending on who, who's on wh- what side of the field, it's going to get Richard Sherman and on the opposite side of the field, they get um, maybe somebody lesser. And I, and I forget the, the uh, DB that's on that side. But they're probably going to play cover, too. So they're going to probably try, try to double both these wide receivers and let someone else beat them, as in the tight end, as in um, Martellus Bennett. Seattle, number three against the quarterback, preventing fantasy points. Number three against the running back, preventing fantasy points. Number 11 against the wide receiver. And number four against the tight end. But it didn't seem to bother the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay the last time they played. So what I'm, what I'm telling you is you play Aaron Rodgers. That's a no-brainer. You play Jordy Nelson, his go-to guy. That's a no-brainer. You play Devontae and Adams, who had, I think, double-digit touchdowns last year. To me, that's a no-brainer. Now, he may not get double-digit touchdowns this year, but he, 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 he's a reliable target Aaron Rodgers has confidence in. If you got... Aaron Rodgers' confidence, you're going to get the football. And the new toy in Martellus Bennett. Middle of the field can be exploited by the um, Seattle Seahawks, and, and, and uh, Martellus Bennett is a tight end that the Green Bay Packers haven't had since Jermichael Finley. Um, he's not maybe not as athletic as Jermichael Finley, but um, he's a close second. Let me put it that way. Talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Packers are one of the best offenses in football. I'll tell you, I, I'm not, I'm not real keen on uh, Ty Montgomery at running back, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe down the stretch, uh, the rookie Jamal Williams might be uh, becoming every week starter. Uh, I like Bennett a lot in Green Bay because uh, with their uh, wide receivers getting a lot of attention, uh, you know, Bennett is definitely a guy who uh, can make plays. It, Probably this week, if not this week, you know. Believe me, Rogers is going to find him. Uh, uh, he's he's all about that, you know. Um, Seattle, I'll tell you the. 
um, uh, Lockett's banged up, so uh, Richardson might, you know, be a good uh, starter this week. I'll tell you, that Seattle running back situation, I don't even want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I think uh, Chris Carson, a rookie, might be getting uh, a lot of touches, but there's also, a, think about, three other guys in the picture. Uh, yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I um, think that's about it. All right, let's move on to a Monday night game. We got this game, two more games left. Monday night games are, are left on his, on the agenda here. Drew Brees, no brainer. I'm not even gonna go there. Um, uh, now we got a conundrum in the backfield. You got Mark Ingram, who is designated as the number one uh, running back, and a, a new acquisition for this year, and Adrian Peterson, all day. Now. They say Mark Ingram is the number one running back. They're going up against the Minnesota Vikings where anybody who knows football, unless you've been, you've been in, had your head in the sand for the last several years, knows that Adrian Peterson used to play for the Minnesota Vikings. Now he plays for the New Orleans Saints. And it's a hell of a coincidence that the first game on Monday night is Adrian Peterson in the New Orleans Saints uniform going against his, up against his old team. And you know Adrian Peterson wants to stick it to him, just like every other player that's left their team, their original team, and going to another team, and he get the matchup against that, that said team. I'm saying play all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. And this is Sunday. Uh, and, and tomorrow's Monday. So all day, every day, and twice on Monday. Let me put it that way. Um, I think Adrian Peterson... If he's healthy and he's what I, we think Adrian Peterson is, and all, all for all intents and purposes he is, um, he's the man to play in this. And I know Mark Ingram is, is, is probably in the passing game. Um, and I know Alvin Kamara, Kamara is, is supposed to be in the passing game. But I think this is Adrian Peterson's show without a shadow of a doubt. The New Orleans Saints want to run the football. Believe it or not, they've been running the football a lot more than people think. And, and one of the reasons why they're going to run, want to run the football is the reason why they got Adrian Peterson along with Mark Ingram. They want to be able to pound the football. And if they get close within the 5, 10-yard line, guess who's getting the ball? Adrian Peterson's getting the ball because he's that reliable when it comes down to getting into the end zone. So I love Adrian Peterson as a play here, even though it's against a very stiff, Minnesota defense in Minnesota. But it's inside the dome. Drew Brees has a tendency not to play to uh not to play games well on the road, but outside. Inside, just like it's his own element, um, when he play in the uh in New Orleans in the dome. So I think he's gonna be effective. Um maybe not a typical home Drew Brees game, but he's going to be effective. So we say that Adrian Peterson is a definite play here. Mark Ingram um, would be a play also because I think he's going to get enough touches to, to, to warrant um, uh, uh, being in your roster. And um, Michael Thomas, big wide receiver, uh, a Mark and Mar- Marcus Colson type, but uh, with more athleticism and more ability than Marcus Colston. Colston, Colston, Ooh, getting tongue-tied now. Uh, and uh, um, 
I like him to play in there. And now we're going to go up against a stiff Minnesota defense, but I think there's enough weapons here to uh, warrant um, all those fantasy plays. Let's move over to Sam Bradford, who's going against a very weak uh, New Orleans defense. You're missing Jameis Winston, uh, and you're not confident about your quarterback. This is one of the best um, matchups for Sam Bradford going against this um, New Orleans defense that is 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 uh, um, 26th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, 28th in preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position. So what's that telling you? What's that telling you? Sam Bradford should have um, a good, good, good night. And this may be uh, a high-scoring game. It may, it may not be, but a high-scoring game. Good offense against a stiff defense. Good, uh, uh, decent offense against a uh, not-too-good uh, offense. That, that, that could be a recipe for a high-scoring game. New and improved toy, taking the place of Adrian Peterson and Dalvin Cook. I'm anxious to see if he performs like Kareem Hunt on his debut. Um, but uh, he's definitely a start for me. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, both these guys healthy and uh, should be able to exploit the uh, New Orleans defense um, without their number one cornerback who's on the amend. And not the least – Say but not the least, another tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Um, Dan Bradford likes to throw to Kyle Rudolph. Nice safe throw, move the chains um, before you make those big plays with the, either running game or the uh, passing game. Uh, so we go with to Kyle Rudolph. All right, Jeff, talk to me. New Orleans, Minnesota. I, I, I don't share your enthusiasm for Adrian Peterson. Believe me, and I know really? Really? he's an all-time really? great player. The thing is, with Sean Payton, uh, he game plans as much as any coach. I, I see the Saints, it's possible with their three uh, running backs, they they could feature a different guy every week based on the opponent. Um, you know, uh, AP's probably going to get the goal line carries. Uh, Ingram and uh, Kamara are going to see more, uh, more receptions. Uh, it's just... You know, with the Saints, it's like, uh, you know, it, you know, they seem to – they did this before. You know, this goes back to when they had uh, uh, Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas at running back. You never knew who was going to be the guy from week to week. And sometimes they even surprise you, you know, by putting uh, other guys in the mix. You know, they really do spread the ball around. Uh, definitely looks like uh, Michael Thomas is their – first real go-to wide receiver since uh, Marcus Colston. And I'll tell you, the uh, the Vikings have a very n- nice group of uh, weapons for uh, Bradford to uh, use. Uh, you know, uh, Diggs, the big play receiver, Thielen, a very good uh, upcoming, uh, more of a possession guy. Rudolph, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Uh, and and uh, everybody's got an eye on uh, Dalvin Cook, uh and, uh, you know, uh, they got Latavius Murray. I think he just started practicing. He might be uh, a touchdown vulture uh, down the stretch. But they, they, got some, uh, they got some weapons for Bradford in Minnesota for sure. Yep. All right, let's move on to the last Monday night game and last game of the week. Uh, the, uh, another division rival, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers now versus the Denver Broncos. Um, 
Trevor Simeon is, is now the starting quarterback again for the uh, Denver Broncos. And uh, um, uh, we'll, we'll start on the Denver side of the ball, okay? Um, to me, uh, I see four starters. Four starters in here. One, two, three. three starters. I'm sorry, three starters. Um, one of them is, is uh, C.J. Anderson. Um, I think uh, this, this is what this, this Denver Bronco team, these Denver Bronco running backs, um, they have one of the best strength of schedules for running back throughout the season. And this is one of them. The uh, Los Angeles um, charges a 28th against uh, uh, the running back. Uh, and I think C.J. Anderson is going to have a, a, a pretty big day today. Oh, tonight, uh, tomorrow night, I should say. Um, and then along with the two wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas has had 90-plus catches and over 1,000 yards for the last three seasons. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that. And, uh, and um, I've, I've tried uh, to do, do a couple of trades with Demarius Thomas, and the, the person I've been trying to t- uh, uh, trading with tells me that he's hot garbage or he's trash. And I'm like, uh, what are you looking at? You don't look at the stats? You don't understand that Demarius Thomas, regardless of what quarterback it was, whether it was uh, Peyton Manning or Trevor Simeon or Brock Osweiler, had 90-plus catches and over 1,000 yards for the last three seasons? What part of that don't you understand? So, I mean, um, he's a definite play to me. He's got Trevor Simeon playing him. He's got a, 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 a defense that he's going up against that's eighth against the, the wide receiver position, but – he faces them twice a year, um, and he's and he's been able to produce um, against that defense because they know they know the defense well. Emmanuel Sanders is, a, is one of these guys that uh, when Demarius Thomas is covered, bail out um, the quarterback with all his uh, either um, uh, solid catches or, or acrobatic catches. So, in my opinion, there are three guys in here: D.J. Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, and Demarius Thomas is definitely play. Um, when I say definitely, I'm talking about Demarius Thomas uh, played. Emmanuel Sanders is, is a, um, a flex play, uh, wide receiver three, four, somewhere around there. Um, C.J. Anderson is a solid RB2, in my opinion, could, and could have an RB1 type of game. On the other side, I love Melvin Gordon in this, in this position. Um, I know that a lot of people say he was touchdown dependent last year. Um, Denver, believe it or not, was 18th, just below the middle of the pack. Um, against the uh, uh, preventing fantasy points against the running back position, they want to run the football. Um, you got Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, for those people who don't know, was the, was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. You knew who ran the ball for the Buffalo Bills? Shady McCoy. When, Andy, when An- Anthony Lynn took over as the uh, OC, and, and I think maybe head coach or whatever, Shady McCoy's number spiked up. Anthony Lynn now has it as his running back, Melvin Gordon. So what do you think a, a, a coach that it was a former running back now is a friend of the running back is going to do? Make sure that running back gets enough touches and, and, and give them enough opportunity to make plays. I love Melvin Gordon against a defense that's not real strong, believe it or not, against the run, better against the pass. So I'm not recommending Phil Rivers 
um, as a, a guy. Ty- Tyrell Williams, who played big last year, uh, disappeared in the two games. And I, and I had Tyrell Williams, and I, and I looked at the stats when they played the Denver Broncos, and Tyrell Williams was, the, uh, was listed on the missing purses. That's how bad he was against the, the, the Denver defense, this pass defense. So I'm not recommending Tyrell Williams here. And uh, I would temper my expectations because he probably would draft a little high in Keenan Allen. Um, guy I do like a lot here that Denver, um, um, along with the running back, the same type of uh, ranking or, or was that they're 18th against the tight end. So I do love Hunter Henry in this. Um, he's a younger guy. Um, they all say that um, Anthony, uh, excuse me, Antonio Gates is getting pushed out. Um, I don't know if he's getting pushed out, but I think that Hunter Henry's got a better, better ability at this point in time than um, Antonio Gates has. Um, and that's why he's going to get more opportunities. Philip Rivers lo- loves him. So I'm thinking Hunter Henry's going to get a lot of, lot of targets in the middle of the field and safe throws for Philip Rivers. Um, all right, Jeff, that's the final game. What's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, Hunter Henry, still, he has the upside in San Diego. I, I don't – you see, this is what makes week one tough. You don't know if, how how many snaps he's going to get, you know, because Antonio Gates is still playing there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to use a lot of double tight end. Maybe they're, they're more likely to throw to Gates in the red zone. Um, yeah, the Chargers wide receivers don't look so great this week, but uh, you might not have better options. Um, I'll tell you, I'd keep I, – I wouldn't feel right starting them. Uh, I'd keep an eye on Jamal Charles. He might get some receptions. Um, you know, Denver backfield's pretty crowded. Um, you know, they got um, Devontae Booker's coming back in uh, a couple of weeks from a wrist injury. And they got um, a rookie, uh, D'Angelo Henderson, worth keeping an eye on for, uh, you know, maybe more down the stretch because uh, C.J. Anderson, uh, you know, has had some durability issues. Mm-hmm. All right, people, uh, we're at the end of the show. Hopefully you got some information. Hopefully uh, you, you, you took some uh, – you got an idea of what, I'm, what my thinking is on the week one. Uh, tune in next week, same time, same bat channel, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we'll be talking week two in the fantasy season and the in real NFL season. And uh, we'll have a better handle on um, what took place from week one that we can go go forward from there. Um. Hopefully you have a positive uh, turnout for your fantasy teams and that you uh, owners um, and managers um, put the right people in your lineup to get the max points to get that win and start the season off on a positive note. That be saying, hopefully you do what I'm saying you're going to do when I jump off here. See ya.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.